Hi, Weird and Eerie listeners. This is just to let you know that this episode contains sensitive subjects and may be triggering. Let's all say Happy Halloween together. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Halloween! Hey, <laughs> Def and her soundboard. I have a new toy. Uh, okay, welcome back. Um, the last episode we left you, we was talking about kids, and then this time... <laughs> just about kids. Just <laughs> about kids. It wasn't kids, it was like the childhood, yeah. freaky like little toys Weird and... Um, stuff. Yeah. So uh, this episode we are talking about... Ghosts? No, Use the soundboard. <laughs> Can you cut that? Okay, do it again. <laughs> this episode we're talking about. Weird noise. Spooky shit. <laughs> can we swear? I can't remember if we yeah, swear. We, can swear, we swear. We've got a we usually swear. 18 plus Marker. thing on it. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's a good job. Did Otherwise you withhold before? Huh? You didn't withhold before. Have I not? I, don't, I can't remember. It's only been a year. Uh, as usual, not as usual, but as usual, we've got a uh, deaf Axel. And yourself. Hi. And kidney. Hello. And kidney and me. And today we've got two guests, um, Laura I and Laura One. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I think you got them the wrong way around. <laughs> Laura One, Laura I. Yeah. <laughs> We're basically just really fabulous and awkward. So. Yeah, absolutely, um, so that's why we picked our names the way that they are. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording in the Inky Needle studio again. Laura's Laura works both with Axel. Yeah, we should explain. Yeah, that things have gone a bit tits up today, which is why we've got a weird uh, setup and we've got our guests because I am actually tattooing while we record, so just to save some time. So. Which is all my fault. Hello. If you can hear weird noises in the background, me. Yeah, we've got uh, Jody who's having a tattoo today. Hi. It's what's <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear any screaming? It's me. It's her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Halloween sound effects. <laughs> so, who wants to start with the ghosts? We were going to base it just on like, local ghosts, Birmingham, but nobody's. Oh, I'm from Birmingham, but everyone else is from everywhere anyway. So, um, everywhere. Let's start, start with Beth. With me? Yeah. Well, that's the best place to start with. Start with death. Death is required to have ghosts. Or or is it? We don't know. Who knows? Yeah, ghosts. (laughs) Got anything to say about them? I believe in ghosts. It's a good start. Does anyone not believe in ghosts? Oh, God, everybody knows it's always going to be me that doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. (laughs) I I do believe in ghosts. And Um, UFOs. And UFOs. And everything else. All the other (laughs) creepy creatures that creep through things but i think i've seen ghosts so yeah when i was 11 i saw a ghost on holiday in ireland yeah at a sacred well for st bridget and didn't think nothing of it for a long time until i was about 22 and i brought it back up in front of my dad who was like oh yeah i wondered if you remembered that and he was from the local area and was like yeah there's meant to be a ghost there so so that was cool who's next let's go to one of the lauras (laughs) okay I'll go next. I've actually got quite a few, um, maybe because I'm quite fortunate to grow up in some very, unfortunately, spooky houses. One that stayed with me the most um, from childhood was when I was a little girl and my parents had bought a mirror 
to go up in my bathroom, but it was very big and I needed someone professional to hang it up. So it lay by the side of my bed. So I could always look in the mirror and I could actually see myself in bed, which was not the greatest thing to say, but oh well. But when I was really little, I remember being in bed at night and me being the scaredy cat I was, I used to have a million teddies around me and hide underneath the blanket of trust. But then I remember one night I was in bed and the lights were off and I felt this giant weight upon my legs. And I remember thinking, oh my God, there's something on my legs. What is this? What is this? What is this? Oh, I'll just have a peek. So I put the blanket over and I looked in the mirror and I saw the shape of a little girl sitting on my legs. And I just remember pulling the blanket over my face and really holding it tight, just thinking, go away, go away, go away. And I thought, do you know what? No, it's probably not there. I'm going to muster up the courage. And I threw the blankets over and there was nothing there. She was gone. And from that point forward, I really didn't want a mirror in my room, <laughs> to say the least. But I always used to be so scared. So I used to always put teddies over over me, around my legs and stuff, just to kind of <laughs> make sure she had nowhere to sit. <laughs> I was like, you can't get me. I looked like E.T., like hiding amongst teddies, just trying to make sure there was nothing there. I mean, I suppose at age, you couldn't really do any research into the mirror no. where it's come from how old it was or anything like that no it would have it was an antique mirror because it was my dad actually works with antiques but i did know that there was a little girl that was around the property because i remember my little brother saying that he used to hear a little girl in his room so whether it was that little girl that i saw when i was little i don't know but i just remember it really really affecting me for years whenever i went to bed because i just felt so terrified that she'll be there again and she'll come and sit on my bed <laughs> i was like don't i don't want to play with you no thank you <laughs> it's too late <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's one from when i was little i don't know if you want to hear another ghost story from nora before coming back to me because obviously yeah, we'll go around and tag, like... tag team tag team really? ghost stories yeah. Two local, friendly, sort of ghost magnets, I think we are. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite fortunate in the sense, I suppose, like Laura, that, you know, I grew up in a house that had two spirits in it, which um, I'm back in the house at the moment now, and I do, you know, I'm still there, you know, still knocking about. Um, but when I was probably about 17, 18, I went to Norfolk to um, see a friend, and he advised for the day, let's, you know, let's go around the castle, you know, it's a good, good sort of like thing to do. Uh, local tourist attraction and we paid to go around the dungeons and I remember walking in and seeing a ball of light sort of go along the room and sort of like turn at a right angle and I thought that was really weird but too weird to bring up with my friends and the fear of probably sectioning or anything like that but I waited till I got back to Birmingham and researched it and realised that you know spirits do or allegedly do kind of transport themselves in that way because it's the lowest form of energy used to expel and then that kind of sent me on a bit of a snowballing um, into the world of mediumship and spiritualism and I ended up sort of really getting into it and sitting in circles and going from that side of it and actually actively trying to contact the dead so uh, I've got that angle as when well. When you were looking into it did you was there anybody else saying they've seen the same thing in that same place? I didn't really uh, look from that just that thought, point of view yeah. yeah it was just sort of like it was just out of pure inquisitiveness so I googled it when I got back to back to my home and yeah. Um, and yeah and I uh, I sort of found out from, from that sort of saw other pictures of similar things that people had managed to capture sort of like on old cameras and on the modern ones because there's always that argument that sort of like ghosts are showing up less on sort of digital sort of like you know yeah. pictures than sort of like you know obviously the old um, film and um, and yeah like you know just sort of research from that point of view really but I do know that I do I mean I did research into Norfolk Castle and it is 
I suppose with most castles because there's something called sort of like the stone um, stone capturing where yeah, like, like the lines uh, lines exactly yeah. yeah that they they do capture sort of almost scenes as opposed to so you know with that aspect when you see shadowy figures they might not be ghosts but they might be apparitions there in the sense that sort of like it's captured yeah something I, that's I've read about that um, about the limestone it kind of records it like it would record onto like a tape. And then that's what people are seeing back and stuff like that. Exactly. So there's nothing like present there necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're just witnessing something that's already happened as such. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll come back to the medium stuff. That's an interesting like, topic. And we could even do like a whole episode just on that by itself. But Claire? Has everybody else done their stories? Because I don't have ghost stories, but I've got questions. <laughs> okay, can, can, how about like why you don't believe? Because I've seen things from a scientific point of view and also get a ghost are very intrinsically linked, linked to religion, and I'm not a religious person. Um, and no, no, no other species believes, you know, obviously you don't know what. Yeah, but dogs kind of see stuff when they, they react to stuff. And, this is it, but they can see yeah. a totally different frequency to what we see, yeah. and they hear a totally different things to what we hear because of the way, you know, they're made. So it could be anything that they're hearing and seeing. But no. Um, there's no, literally no actual science that proves ghosts. There's pseudosciences that say they prove it, but there's no actual hard sciences that prove anything about yeah. ghosts whatsoever. There's no, an awful lot of a TV and shows. there's a hell of a lot of things that can give reasons for why people see the things they see and believe the things they believe. So. You're ruining the episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's good to have that, that balance though, because it, it, it's I a know good a lot uh, of TV show. Everything, I'm the ruiner. <laughs> You know, there's ghost hunting, most haunted, like a million out there, different episodes of like ghost adventures. A few of them have kind of had exposed about them. Uh, I know John Edwards, he was exposed to having mics in the audience as well on the medium side. Most haunted as well. I yeah, went to a recording most of most haunted, yeah. haunted once and yeah. it was the most boring thing I've ever done. I knew they did one up in Dudley Castle and Midlands Hotel. That's two of the local haunted spots. Uh, this, this one wasn't local. This was some army base somewhere like an old RAF base or something but it was just so dull there's a, there's a, a group of ghost hunters next to us and the only exciting thing they had all night was the ghost they claimed was in my nose because my nose was the coldest spot in the room <laughs> that's just because we were outside in a tent by the way but yeah that's how boring it was yeah, I think one of the things that I really remember from my childhood there was um that one ghost Haunting show. Cry Charles. With Cry Charles. My favourite. No, the one it with Cry Charles. It was the one Charles. with, um, is it Sarah Green? And that lot. And it was all faked in this big house. It, was, it was wasn't true at all. It was some mass hysteria. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. It, it was, real. at the end, the credits rolled and it even had a credit for the ghost. And it's like, it wasn't even real, but it freaked everyone out The so Cry much. Charles one was, they, they, they had so many complaints yeah. after it. The more TV shows there are about ghost hunting, the more... Like if, if if Britain had six shows showing on the telly, more people would say they believe in ghosts than they would have done before those six shows were showing. Because hearing about it and understanding it makes people think about it more. So then they're more inclined yeah. to believe. I was reading about some surveys and stuff that have been done, where like in America, I think it's something like forty nine percent of people will say they believe in ghosts. Here, it's like fifty two percent. So it's only fifty fifty, pretty much, that people around the world actually believe or don't believe. But if a lot of ghost stuff happens, like in the media and things like that, that percentage goes up because people are, are being talk, talking about it more. Yeah. And it's fun to talk about it and it gets the people really excited. And it's, it's a, you know, it's one of them where stuff that if you can't explain something, human beings need a way to explain things. 
I so think that like, is an, a way to explain stuff. TV wise, I don't think there's as many shows over here about that type of thing as there is in America. Like they have like the medium shows, long haul. It was a medium, few years ago. There was a um, lot, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, Amy Allen's out there, but yeah, there's not. There's only like Most Haunted, which was. What's that guy's name? Derek, Derek Cora. He was kind of like the main one over here. There wasn't really many. Not like America's got one on every other channel. They do medium yourself or just go to them. I've, uh, I've done I've, I've done both. So like I don't, I don't I don't make money off it. I want to point out. You know, I mean, it's each to their own where that's concerned. But I do genuinely believe that everyone has the gift to do it. So um, you know, it's something that when I sit. Um, I sit in learning circles as well, so it's like I tune myself in, I sort of figure out or like learn how to um, to do it. So I think that if everyone's got the ability that you shouldn't char- charge for it. So, I was going to um, say there was something where real mediums or like fake mediums, there's that difference between charging and not charging. There was a woman where I used to live who was uh, a spiritualist and she... All what she asked for was either food or stuff for a cat. Yeah, and yeah, like, I've got friends so that do in a similar way. She would benefit, still. but not. It's not literally money still in profiting. her hands. It's but. it's it's profiting, but it's in a way that sort of like it's. I suppose it's that element of greed for it. You know that there's there's some people that can charge quite a lot of money, and um, unless it's you know in aid of charity, I mean it's you know it's that murky sort of water mm. of like. It's always, because I mean, there's always a fear. I mean, there's a fear from my point of view that am I just like particularly good at reading people or is it something that I'm actually genuinely tuning into? So I wouldn't want to be making a living off it, off the misery of people really at the end of the day, because when people go, you know, it's probably because they want to more often than not, you know, try and contact somebody that's passed on um, and they've got no other way of doing it. So it might be a case of sort of like a want and desperation to, to feel connected with someone that they might not be able to, to do that anymore. So... You know, it's uh, I, I would feel awful knowing that I'd be driving around in a nice car and sort of going on expensive mm. holidays because somebody else has gone through um, something that's been quite upsetting for them, really. But, you know, it's as I say, it's each to their own, really. If that is your source of income, I suppose, if that's nothing, nothing else that you do, then, you know, it's your choice to make as a medium. Personally, I want to believe. <laughs> I've not necessarily seen anything. I've read all the things, and I love look, looking at the old photos. Like you said, yeah. there's so many famous old ghost photos as well. Like I remember one one of the royal residents staircase with a lady on it. That was famous. There's ones that are always in windows as well. That's seen. Um, there's one really famous one where two sailors went overboard, and then a few days later they caught a photo in the waves of two these two faces of these two men just kind of bobbing about, and then no one ever seen them again. It wasn't the actual bodies of the men, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they drowned. Like in, in, there was some accident on the boat oh. in like their boiler room or something like that. And it's it's a oh. it's a massively famous photo. Like I've, I've, the one thing I never actually looked up before this show was um, like Birmingham photos of ghost photos, but I can't ever recall seeing any of just Birmingham. Also, a lot of like you said, like with the energy ball thing, you get a lot of orb photos as well. Yeah. And that's always interesting. Definitely with the videos of them where... Specks of dust. <laughs> but when there's no Jody's light... agreeing with me for those that can't yeah, see Jodie. When, <laughs> when there's no light to light up the orbs, but you're still seeing them... An erratic movement as well. An so erratic if movement. If you've got if it so it's going, going in a with, pattern that... Yeah, if they're just like going straight to the left, it's wind. Like, fair enough, but... When they're dancing about up, down, and circles and stuff. There's scientific research about dust particle <laughs> movement and then why it moves so erratically. I forget what it's called. Counter arguments. 
What about the, um, what do you think about the whole side of people believing that the weight of the soul, leaving the human body? I mean, I know there's some scientists that have kind of disproven it, but it's... Um, oh, is this the body weighs less after it's died? After it's died. Yeah. So basically it's, uh, but it's meant to be 21 grams or something, I believe. Like, um, but it's <laughs> basically... Like, sorry, I Somebody's just done a fart, it's fine. <laughs> but it's something to do with that. People believe that was meant to be the weight of the soul. how much they reckon a soul weighs. Yeah, I think Based they, on the fact that people are slightly lighter once they're dead. <laughs> yeah. And it couldn't be anything to do with moisture evaporation or anything. It's minutes. That would make fuck more sense that no I can't I can't like I I can imagine like when um, the lighter probably fell out of their pocket (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine when like Axel goes that she'll um, when she actually realises that she does weigh 21 grams she'll be like well shit they were right like you know yeah but you'll be haunting us and be like where's your lighter now (laughs) (laughs) that will never happen because when I die my essence will cease to be how about that's what I believe we got the scales (laughs) (laughs) Sales. We'll kill them and see the difference straight away. Any volunteers? Volunteers? No. I, I was doing some research with the moment of death thing. I was thinking about why do ghosts always look like vapors? And in obviously cold areas, a lot of the world has you know been cold for a lot of the time. When you take your last breath, you know the actual breath is visible in a cold place. So people that died in the cold, they would stop breathing. So then that that vapour, the last breath is visible until they're completely dead. So I think the idea from a vapour-like ghost comes from people believing that that breath, once it's gone, that's the ghost gone from the body. So, and I've never really thought, put much thought into it before. I was reading it, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. That's like why people think that ghosts are vapour-like. It's actually the breath that isn't there anymore. It does, but the counter-argument for that was when I was working at a bar when I was much younger and I finished cleaning it, there were separate light switches around that particular room and uh, me just sort of like, you know, wanting to get the job done, like, you know, I thought I'd turn them all off, realised that the ones that were for the far side of the room were still on and that set was behind the bar, so I went to walk back and I saw mist on the floor looking like it was going to accumulate into a shape obviously I didn't hang around to see what actually resulted in that I was straight down the stairs and um went many hours later refusing point blank to go back into that room on my own and uh, yeah then um turns out that that venue that I was working at was particularly haunted as well so you know there was no one uh look like vapors because if they're not in the body anymore they're they're the breath that's where the idea of it looking breath, like yeah. ghosts from a point of view of someone who doesn't think they exist, that's why people started imagining them as steam. Hmm. You see what I mean? Like, from a scientific point of view, that's why historically people would have started thinking that that was the soul leaving the body. Hmm. That's why they're pictured. But, but then, then like, it doesn't explain ones that are pictured as light, because well, no, there's but, apparently loads of different types of ghosts. Some appear as light, some don't yeah. appear at all. But also, saying that, objects. on a lot of these shows and stuff, it's a drop in temperature for the ghost, so... The whole mist being in a warm area or being in a cold area and being warm, it's normally, they say that it's the opposite, where there's a drop in temperature when something's there. Oh, yeah. so you're in the mist. Imagine that, like, so you've just, oh, yeah, you've I know, just but found like, a rabbit dying in the snow. Yeah. As it this is really sad. Breath, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it took so, a turn. It's just dying. Obviously doing it on purpose. <laughs> so there's a puppy and it's dying in the snow and you're there. And you want to help it, but you can't. Its little last breath leaves its body as vapor, water vapor, because that's what mm-hmm. happens. And then people that don't know that about water vapor because they're cavemen or whatever, 
go, oh, that's the puppy's ghost leaving its body. I'm really sad that it was that's, a rabbit and now it's a puppy. Now it's a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel less sad that it's a puppy from I the rabbits, to be honest. Like, rabbits, they're cute, but puppies, that's really going to break your heart. <laughs> oh my God, Everybody it's like Bambi all over again. Traumatised. Broke law there. That's quite, yeah, I actually agree with her in the sense that's an interesting thought process in the sense of like, are the is the actual sort of like, you know, if you do see a mist or a shadow, is that actually the result of the cold air meeting the warm air and that's a byproduct of the ghost being present it's not actually the ghost itself from that point of view. Yeah. It's a person's breath leaving their body. It's the last <laughs> breath, and then the people have, have interpreted that as the spirit leaving the body. <laughs> That's what that is. It, it, the whole science versus ghost, medium, spirit world, I mean, it's, it's they've even invented things to, like... Contact. Contact all, and, all like... readers, sort of, like, yeah, tapes, things like that, because yeah. they do say that you can kind of capture... Um, on onto tapes, uh, sounds and yep. frequencies, and you can change the frequency and sort of obviously sort of seclude certain sounds. And there are a few experiments that they've done sort of in lead-lined areas, so you can't even say, well, that's a that's a radio wave that's being picked up. That's um, sort of background noise from this because there'd be no way that this could actually get into the room, and things would still be p picked up. I think I seen one as well. They had like um, a laser grid. Have you seen them ones that they do? They've got shown a laser grid and apparently like if something is there it would move. And like, unless something is in the way of that laser, nothing would yeah. move it. Which I saw an interesting one on an American show where they were in um they're actually in Ireland, they came over and there was a guy that was saying that he felt incredibly drained and sort of like, you know, and he sort of said whereabouts on his body that he was feeling this and um and they did similar um, with, with shining light, but it wasn't a laser that you could see, and they could pick up the shape of a figure above the guy's head. And uh, because that's another thing with going back to the medium, that if I'm sitting in circle, if I'm doing anything, like, you know, if I'm going somewhere and seeing if I can pick up on anything, then I sleep really well for that night. It does drain you, sort of. Um, so they do sort of, like, use your energy. That's why on a lot of the shows that they'll usually say, oh, well, this this video recorder had, like, full battery, like, this battery pack's empty now, like, you know, we need to mm. go and change it. I can't believe how this has been drained. And it is quite a common thing, sort of, when, when ghosts are picked up and when contacts, I suppose, is made from that point of view that, yeah, that you do absolutely feel quite quite knackered afterwards or, um, yeah, everything kind of, like, is flat. So make all your phone calls beforehand. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting to see where technology goes with that whole area because i mean we're pretty much at the height of our technology we are what else can they invent, invent? Is a moment in time they always invent things they always invent imagine things, the but... 1950s so yeah. if you said to someone what else could they possibly invent they'd be like cool rolling their eyes what else could they put and look at what we've got but also like you just said earlier there's less photos now with technology with it being all like recorded onto like your phones and stuff there's not the you know, films there. I was there. earlier about a lot of people that reckon they've captured images on iPhones and stuff like that. Like, there was nobody there and then there's a, like a, a silhouette and a shadow of a blow. There's plenty of examples mm. of uh, smartphones that have apparently picked up something paranormal. I think it's easier to believe, though, when it comes down to old technology rather than new technology. Because if you're looking at, um, you know, actual printed photos and stuff like that from back in the 90s from the cameras and stuff like where people hadn't tampered, and you've got images there that are quite disturbing or they, there's people that aren't actually there that are there and stuff like that. It's easier to believe that there's something more out there compared to everyday and modern day photography because people can manipulate photos. People can put you things can into Photoshop. 
They did Not some really good manipulations in back girls. in the Victorian times. Yeah, those girls fooled everybody that there were fairies at the bottom of their garden. That, that was really basic, but it was massive technology at the time. And they, they still fell for the... And it was paper cutouts of fairies. And the, the most People famous sort of it. Loch Ness photograph turned out to be a fake. So yeah. they, they did do some, some good also, manipulation I mean, back in the day. Perhaps not as much. There's orbs in photographs now, and that's got to be to do with something to do with the way the cameras take photos. Um, old school cameras, you'd get those little part dust particles all the time. And if you were somewhere... Like, one of the most dust particle-filled photos I ever took was in um, a mansion, in, not a mansion, a manor house in Derby, which was obviously a really old building, and loads of people would go, oh, it's obviously because there's loads of ghosts, but it was a dusty old room. So, I mean, it was a dusty old room. And you can deliberately create those orbs with dust, even in where you can barely <laughs> see, the, see the dust. The, um, the, with photography as well, what I have seen recently as well, which they used to do in the past, is the aura photos. Yes. They still actually do them. Do they use modern cameras now, or are they still using like film stuff? It's not something, unfortunately, that I know that much no, about. I've only like seen the, adverts um... for it, like, but you would assume they would use cameras with it but then i'd imagine that they'd use, but it'd be the most I'd, I'd assume they'd have up-to-date technology with things like that i'd assume it'd be a lot easier to capture or um auras with more up-to-date technology than the older ones i'm yeah. not entirely even filters yeah well or some type of electrical because some, something to manipulate it yeah mm. the way that the shutter speed would be probably i don't know if it would be a lot easier like, yeah you know, there must be something more than just opening the just exactly. you know the shutter longer because I've got you know a few cameras and it's not something you learn generally you know in the photo magazines oh let's do all the photography like there must be something energy in the room or like stand on this metal plate mm, something yeah. to like create that energy it's something it'll be something to, to look into for the future I mean mm. it's pretty interesting Google says there's only about a hundred aura cameras in existence. So they are specially built. Yeah, they were made in the 1970s. Oh. So they must still be using like old film. It uses a double exposure and silver laced hand sensors, sending so a charge through a charge your body. Yeah, so it is like a. So happiness. it's taking a photograph of an electrical charge. Yeah. And then you read what so colour so it is afterwards. In that. That makes yeah, sense. but it's, you're not reading, everything's got the electrical, you're reading the colour that the camera picks up. Hmm. But that's like ultraviolet cameras pick up ultraviolet. Yeah. So that technology picks up those electrical beams that are being put through people. It's not picking up anything special. It's just picking up electricity. That's Science corner. No, but the, the special part is what colour it turns out. So <laughs> yeah. that's not in control of the people holding the silver things or the or the photographer. So. But most light, most colour things with, involved with light is to do with atmospheric. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why is the sky blue? It's the same theory. Why rainbow is rainbow? Anything that's in that room could potentially change the colour, you know. Different mm. things that you burn makes flames different colours. It's all chemical reactions, isn't it? And that's true. I mean, I've had my aura read by um, people that are involved in sort of like the mediumship and the spiritualism again. And um, I've had it done at separate venues and they've all told me that it's the same colour as well. So Has that's it happened to be like a purpley pink colour? It is. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Strange it now. <laughs> Reflexive gold standard. <laughs> and glitter. <laughs> Um, something that was mentioned earlier was sleep paralysis, if anybody mm. wants to jump in on that. Yeah. Um, it kind of, you know what you were saying with the energy draining, I suppose it's kind of a little bit linked in with that, 
Was what I've read about, there's a famous painting, people years ago that didn't understand it believed that it was a ghost and obviously in that partial state of awake asleep, your brain isn't seeing things properly and you can see, you know, hallucinations and things like that and that's why people thought it was that but I mean obviously sleep paralysis is your brain and body not waking up together at the same, you know, and it's just a, a, a thing that happens to people. And now that we know that, that it's a sleep condition and not a ghost that's sat on your chest trying to kill you, there's, you know, better understanding of it, isn't it? And they, but there was, there's a really famous painting, isn't there? I totally, if I had, if I wasn't tattooing, I could have a look online like I usually do. I, I was looking at it earlier. Um, famous painting. Is that the one with like a, the proper thing? Like a demon. demon mm. thing sat on a woman's chest, and that's supposed to be a painting of sleep paralysis because it was considered to be something, you know. No, the common, most common one was the hag that they called it the hag. I, I suffer from sleep paralysis and. I can easily see why someone would count it as supernatural. I don't think it's a supernatural thing. I don't feel like it is when it happens to me. It's just really scary. Yeah, but, but it's, people it's don't understandable. Understand stuff, they use things like supernatural. Yeah, the, the famous painting was Fuseli. Fuseli? Henry Fuseli. I wonder how many. It's called The Nightmare. How many things that they've actually looked back on? Because obviously, with the invention of the camera, that's brought its own ghosts. And then before that, it's it, it was it just purely knowledge that people would think that. Obviously, there's a lot of things that people thought were supernatural that wasn't because it was just this is it. generally nothing. But there's still stuff now was, unexplained. They would just say, oh, "Well, it must be ghosts." Like you know, when you hear something in your house and you can't explain it, you go, "Oh, ghosts!" Yeah, but like. I mean, what always like fascinated me in stories was when little children would see stuff, and they would literally like see soldiers, and he, and they like they would see a man with a business. Case. So how would they know just them words or like well, how to describe I've them type of things? Got a story involving my daughter. So my little girl, she would have been about four at the time. I just remember me and my husband were in bed, and we suddenly hear our little daughter screaming her head off at the top of the stairs, and we run up and was like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" She's like, "There's a nasty man at the bottom of the stairs, but it's okay because the gold man's stopping him." Now this is a four-year-old girl. She's never. I've never told her the history of our house. Obviously, we don't want to give our daughter nightmares and stuff like that. She's little. She's fragile. What she doesn't know is that the exact staircase and where she was pointing to is where the previous owner got murdered. And yeah, um, so. Where's the soundboard? Come on, get on it with the soundboard. That would have been perfect. So the previous owner was actually uh, murdered in the house shortly before we moved in, um, hence why we managed to afford it. Um, <laughs> but basically, he was killed at the bottom of the staircase with a blunted object. The murderer flew the country um, and eventually got caught after we moved in, but at least he's been caught now. But yes, my daughter had no idea about this story. We didn't tell her. Nothing, and she obviously saw this dark figure at the bottom of the stairs, exact same steps he was murdered on, but a gold figure stopping him. And this is a four-year-old. She's not going to know what ghosts are. She's not going to, like, this is how she explained it. It was just a gold man and a dark man, but they were both trying to get, like, the dark man was trying to get up the stairs. And to get that from a four-year-old girl who doesn't know the history of the house, that doesn't know about ghosts and things like that, shook me to the core to the point I would never go downstairs without turning lights on because I thought something was going to grab my bloody ankles. I couldn't do the washing. I was terrified. And literally, without fail, that we had a really beautiful light fiction. It's still there now. That we used to have people keep coming and test because it literally, the same hallway, the lights would just go flashing like mad. 
And it would just happen ever so often. We'd be sat in the living room watching TV and the lights would be just going on and off, on and off, on and off. And we just think, oh, it's it's a guy that lived here. He's obviously messing with lights again. Um, and that happened to us quite well. We'd have weird things happen, like our daughter would think that she saw things in the corner room or she'd have nightmares and we'd have things like go missing around the house. But then suddenly, about I'd say it was about two years ago, the lights stopped flashing and then everything was normal. And it's almost like whatever that was, it's left. But for my daughter to say that to me, that makes me, even if I was little when that thing happened with me on the bed, and maybe that would, could, I could explain that as, oh, maybe I was little, maybe I'm not remembering it correctly. But for my four-year-old daughter to say that to me, that makes me believe there's something. And that shook me. That really shook me. Science Corner with Axel. Don't make me try and <laughs> make a story of someone that I work with with my friend. I don't want to, you know, poo-poo a story. Children are meant to be more in tune and able to see television, these things. stories and they overhear conversations. So there's, you know, anything can get into their little imaginations. That's Possibly. how I would explain it. But also what I wanted to know was, is the murderer still alive? Uh, he's in prison. I haven't looked online to see if he's died in prison, but considering yeah. it was only a couple of well, years ago. They reckon ago. they always uh, revisit the scene of the crime, don't they? So. Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when he dies, he'll come back and switch your lights on. And if he comes back, I'll be leaving a message for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not coming in today. She'll be dragging you out of bed saying, come and see what crap you started. How is it going to be my fault? Yeah, well, you put, you put it into the ether. There you go. That's a spiritualist point of view. Don't yeah. think it's a Don't tell the universe don't <laughs> you're going to be exactly. you in a cat like car one morning Claire. made it physical now and you're going to have news they report some poor girls died in Northfield <laughs> we believe she's been murdered by the previous owner's oh, murderer fair, you live in Northfield yes <laughs> to be fair who hasn't been murdered in Northfield this place is full of like oh, well if it happens to me I'm going to write I blame you Claire on the wall <laughs> you seem to sound like we're living in where, like, what's it West EastEnders set Albert Square Albert Square it's not that bad there, there was a story that my mum told me actually when I was a baby uh, my nan passed away before I was born and we were sat outside our house where my mum is now and I was in the pram and my mum looked up and saw this woman walking down the road who looked like her mother my nan and me as a child sat there and started shouting nanny, but I'd never met her and I didn't know that I, I, I don't have grandmothers. I only ever had one grandparent. So that's either that I saw something that was or wasn't there or I'm incredibly psychic. So <laughs> you can choose whichever one that was because I don't know how we'd disprove that one. Yeah, that's weird. I have a weirdy nan ghosty story. Uh, my nan died uh, a few months before Christmas be like, oh, it must have well over 10 years now. Every single year, my nan used to phone my mum up and go, change your calendar. Bad luck, change your calendar. Then um, the change New Year, calendar. change your calendar. It was bad luck to keep it on last year's calendar. Oh, right. So oh, okay. Like, like it's bad luck to keep Christmas decorations yeah, on that calendar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so, she, um, yeah, so she, she died about three months before Christmas. And then that New Year's Day... Look, bearing in mind that this calendar's been up there for all year, on the same hook, all year round. My mum come down on New Year's Day and the calendar was on the floor. Hmm. Oh. oh my God. Uh, see, I had a calendar on the wall that stayed up for about nine months and then randomly fell off the wall and the pin had just come off. <laughs> <laughs> the pin was still in the wall, though. It, it wasn't like the pin come out. It was just that the calendar was off the wall. Yeah. Oh, my calendar just keeps changing months because it keeps ripping at the hook. So it's like, oh, good, it's January again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's Groundhog Day in the horse. Start again. 
the um, the idea was sort of like children being able to see ghosts more is the fact that they've not been, um, I suppose, disproved by adults. There's a lot of um, clouding that happens from society. This is the, the, the way that sort of like, you know, mediums explain it that because children aren't as old that they're sort of like, you know, they're more open, they're more kind of like forgiving and they're more kind of inquisitive as well. So if they see something, they'll just be like, oh, I've seen it. Whereas so, yeah, um, an children adult... children believe anything. I, I can well, go with that. that I mean, protect, you, you, you can look literally, like that. You can tell them um, anything and they'll believe it. The, I told Jaden he was a robot. And he believed me. <laughs> I told him I bought him from a shop. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If he wasn't good, I could take him back. That's definitely one, one. one way of Absolutely looking at it. The, the other way as well is like, you know, um, think about it like this. You know, if you've got a friend that's constantly trying to get in contact with you, like call you on the phone and uh, you refuse to pick up, they're eventually going to stop trying to call you. So I think if you're closed off to the idea of it potentially being a ghost and spirit, they're going to literally just stop caring to try and get in touch with you after a while. And people that are mediums that... You know that obviously they're connected to or drawn to that energy um that they'll want to go and sort of like work through them instead and you know you get into the idea as well of being you know the idea of reincarnation that's something that i personally believe in and i think that sort of like you know because you're close to the point of being born even though there's this idea that it's sort of when you're alive it's a lesson you're here to learn something you still have that sort of like subconscious level of knowledge there so you, you're aware that sort of like spirits and entities do exist still outside of a physical body as well just that we're experiencing it sort of like you know live and breathing really well there you go clay you stopped answering the phone so that's why you don't believe <laughs> them anymore the that's <laughs> why answering the phone the spirit phone the spirit phone stopped answering the spirit phone oh when i was a kid i get what you're saying <laughs> 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 um i just read up recently about a story about dean Koontz, um you know the horror writer um, apparently he received a phone call from his late mom who died 20 years before saying be careful be careful and a couple of days later his dad tried to kill him oh my god he never had a phone call off his mom again but he got that phone call and you can read it online he's done it in interviews and everything that's another thing going back to new technology facebook hmm. people have passed away on facebook and they've got messages from the accounts still um, I've read a few articles of that. Um, they, I know they, um, you can turn it into like a memorial page and stuff, but if no one have access to... I mean, I know it's a possibility somebody somewhere's hacked into it and done it, but if they haven't... And emails as well. There's, email, there's accounts of people using, like, getting emails from people who have already passed. And If you were a ghost, why would you send someone an email? Because it's, it's electric and energy well, and... Well, that's the thing. And it's, it's just another way of getting in contact with someone. It's like the Ouija boards were originally sold as the game and it's just like it's a, it's a way of people getting in contact. The same with sort of like tarot cards as well and sort of, you know, things like your pendulums to ask them questions. It's just something that's a physical thing that they can sort of use and channel through. It's just It's just another option because it exists now. And, you know, it's fair play to them. It's like keeping up to date with technology, isn't it? You know, making an effort. <laughs> Has anyone, like, used any of them things, like a Ouija board or... Yeah, I yeah. I've got When you was eight, when they were, like, a game? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, when I was a teenager, um, I used to be part of a circle that we used to... We got into the point that we were using them, and obviously they were very safe the way they used them at the time, but then they started bringing friends over that thought they were really funny and all that kind of stuff, and things started to go a bit wrong. We had quite a few experiences that were a bit spooky, like things like one of those, one of those people that thought it was funny lifting the glass and then things started going a bit funny in the house. 
that me personally on a Ouija board, basically I was around the table and it just kept coming to me. The glass kept coming across and then it kept spelling out the word pain over and over and over again. And then it went over and spelt the word baby. And I was like, right, okay. Babies are pain. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, what's going on? And then it started spelling out what I assumed was going to be my uncle's name. But by that point, that was it. I, I was just like, no, we're done. But a couple of months later, I actually had a miscarriage. And it was as if it was trying to warn me and the spirit was trying to protect me. Because obviously you can have different spirits contact you through a board. Um, and, pe- and what they were trying to say was maybe maybe it was uncle, maybe it was a garden angel, maybe it was something that was trying to help you, to prevent you from going through what was going to happen to you. But it was, obviously it was a nasty experience, but since then I never really went near them. I didn't. I don't want that in my life. I think they can be a dangerous tool and people think they're a toy. And it cuts to Halloween, everyone's like, oh, it's still a Ouija board. I'm like, but if you don't know how to do it properly, then you shouldn't go near them. And that's not just me saying from because of obviously being within circles, I know how you were meant to use them. It's just the fact that you don't know what you're messing with. And even if they aren't true, do you really want to take the odds of doing something like that if you don't know what the outcome can be? And it's just not something I'm a fan of, really. So uh, that's the thing that sort of I agree with you there. That sort of like whenever I sit in surf, and it's 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 rammed home that you sort of like you say the affirmations, you make sure that you're just trying to sort of like get the the sort of good spirits around you. Because my argument would always be to people, and they're like, oh, well, what's the point in doing it? Like you know that if your intentions are good and you, you know you shouldn't have to do any of this stuff it's like yeah but think about like people that you meet in life like not everyone's a lovely person there's um sort of con people like you know people that are sort of two-faced that there's nothing to stop a spirit saying that it's like you know the the ghost of sort of like your nan where it's not it's like you know it's like a prankster it's a trickster spirit so like you know that's that's there to sort of like potentially cause you harm so you know, you need to you need to put those things in place to to sort of like try and make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, that, yeah, I do agree that people people sort of like look at it and think, oh yeah, it's fun, it's a bit of light hearted entertainment, but it might not always be. Yeah, like if that. people get told that something's going to happen to them, they're going to be constantly watching out for something that's going to happen to them. Then when something happens to them, they're, they're going to put it to that. There's a lot of um, recent horror movies that have used Ouija boards in them. Um, paranormal activity and there's, uh, there's I don't watch crappy horror movies nowadays but um, I wonder if people are using them a little bit more because you know like what you were saying earlier the more things that are on TV and in the media and being shown um, Salem last week just yeah, built the biggest the giant Salem they, 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 they built the world's biggest um, Ouija board in Salem and it was huge it was, shoot, it it was awesome prove me wrong and bring it on your big ass Ouija board <laughs> <laughs> love it love it I, mean, I know um a lot of, I mean, I've got a shit ton of stuff myself. Um, the imagery of Ouija boards is very, very popular at the moment. You can get phone cases, t-shirts, That's mugs, it, yeah. and all it's this stuff. But are people using them? I wonder if people are using them more now. Is it is just the image and it's trendy and it it would be really interesting to know because um I don't know um I've not really seen any Ouija boardy YouTube videos, but you do see people um, buying. Curse boxes. Have you seen any of them on like yeah. things? Yeah, yeah. They they open boxes live on YouTube and they've got like a tooth and a nail in it and stuff. And then all of a sudden stuff's happening in the background. I mean it's YouTube and the teenagers but there's, there's a really popular the the dark aesthetic and things like witchcraft are really growing at the moment. 
witchcraft is so fashionable at the moment. If you it's walk into the really works, there are so many books on witchcraft yeah. and mindfulness and anything that's kind of spiritual. Like there's a whole section on anything that's like that. Like massive. It's so trendy that it's at the work. It's a really it is, popular. It's, uh, it's it's really prevalent in fashion as well. Like I remember going into Urban Outfitters a few months back, <laughs> and they're selling um, tarot cards in there, and sort of like you see a lot of the um, occult symbolism present on clothing yeah. as well. So. Like it's gone full circle. I mean, I remember like literally being nineties kids. I remember literally like, like, like when Nirvana T-shirts started being in Primark. It's a, it's one of those things that's trendy now. It'll go out. It'll come back. It'll go out. It'll come back. And nobody knows what it means. I have students wearing a Run DMC T-shirt. I was like, oh my god, you like Run DMC? She was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's, you know, they don't know what the symbolism is on these T-shirts at the moment. They don't get it, do they? And so I think it's a it is slightly controversial. There's people that are using it as a marketing thing. Was there a Sephora witch kit recently I think that got in the press because it was sort of using a, a particular culture or religion as a, as a See, thing. I'm, whole, I'm entirely it's... down with the whole witchcraft thing more from the point of view that I actually think that witches were of their day scientists they understood what the chemicals the use the of power and the use of and, and how things work yeah. Like, you know, in a way. You know it's gone full circle if you yeah, start going into the schools and you see girls all sat around one of their classmates going, Liza Pepper, step as a board, Liza Pepper, step as a board, Liza Pepper, step as a board, Liza Pepper, step as a board! Didn't we all do that as kids, though, seriously? <laughs> this is it. I bet when the craft and all that stuff came yeah, out Yeah, that was 90s, me as a kid. When that happened, I bet there was a hell of a lot more people believing in paranormal stuff then because it was trendy. And then it went out. Mm. Leave, yeah, back in the There'll be more believers now. I suppose that's the thing, though, like... Like yeah, you have the craft, so it's witchcraft. And then like you've had true blood witches, we've gone through a vampire thing. Yeah, and then the, the zombie, zombie thing. thing. <laughs> the werewolf thing. Witchy, werewolf American thing. horror stories, obviously, because they've yeah. um, um, brought Coven back into the latest episode. I'm sorry, no spoilers. I'm just saying that it's perfect. Okay. Um, There's but, so much blood. It's all so sexy. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, because of that, obviously, the coven, when that episode came out, it obviously sparked a bit of like, oh my God, I just want to wear black. And I'm like, haha, I was their first honey, step off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like... She's sitting like, there wearing a witch's hat, <laughs> Yeah, I need to point that out. She's <laughs> proud. Step um, off, witches. <laughs> but yeah, like, so obviously it's come again because this episode, so now again, all the girls are all wearing black and like, oh my God, we're so to coven. And I'm like, ha. <laughs> no, but and yeah, Sabrina. There's a new series of Sabrina. Oh, yeah, there's so yeah, many Sabrina. things at the moment that are spooky, even mm. if they're not necessarily ghost programs. They're spooky, kind of weird, Which, yeah. um, you know, historically weird, all that kind of stuff. So it, it, there will be more believers in the paranormal when it's taking this way. There was a hell of a lot more customers for tattooists when tattooing became really fashionable. You know, I mean, fashion made it popular, just the way fashion, the same way fashion's made ghosts and you know, witches and anything else popular at certain times in history. But there's no ghosty stuff though, is there? Like, we've not had the ghost. Oh, and everyone just like, thing I wear white. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, there is a lot of ghost walks in Birmingham, because yeah. I tried to go on one yesterday and Especially it was fully booked. Time of year, and yeah. this time of year. So there is, and uh, I have noticed like, oh, you know, haunted this and haunted house. But there's a lot of that, but there's not, there's not groups of people going out with all the kit looking for things. There's no fashion I, for that yet. There's no, no actual sign. I think there is. I think you have to know where to find I it. I bet there's apps. Mm. I bet there's, if Faith there's was like, here, she'd be able to tell you exactly where it is. A lot of Put my friends that it. sit in circle, they do go and do that kind of thing as well. Um, we've had like the EMF readers as well. Like we've bought it in sort of like when we sit because I, I was a member of um, a private circle. So that's like, you know, that people can't dip in and out. So you kind of, the same people say, say it's weak. That went to being a physical circle. So it's things like 
you'd want the ectoplasm to be there you'd want the bells to be rung but I never stayed for that to be that level which I know sounds a cop out from my point but I don't believe in Victorian parlour tricks I don't think ghosts have, you know necessarily want to be doing Honestly, that with their time I love <laughs> I, I, love the, I love the, the Victorian style and everything they did when spiritualists got popular like there was like the two sisters weren't they yeah. who like they just used every trick in the book to like yeah, trick all these like Victorians. children in cupboards knocking yeah. and stuff like that. On the walls. <laughs> every single story, I love all of that. Because I, I think there's like From that... From a historical point of view, I love that stuff. But there's that thing of wanting wanting to see somebody. And I think that's where a lot of the TV shows come to it and the media yeah. side come in. It. People are desperate to get something. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I think like, it's still going on in um, the teenage like scene. Like, obviously with all of like the mainstream things that kids are watching everyone wants to watch youtube these days and uh, i think it still is a big thing but it's not like something that can transfer into things like fashion trend all that kind of stuff i mean kids are still actively going out with things like old radios and stuff and seeing if they can seek things out but they don't need to it's much like kids these days don't want to play video games they want to watch people play video games but some of the biggest people out there are, who are these big youtubers are still bringing back the ghost stories you've got people like achievement hunter pewdiepie all these things that are still doing these ghost scary shop things but they're going out with all this equipment that costs so much money to try and capture that on film or to try and disprove it but that's where it's kind of led in terms of like today's market where is all the ghosts kind of things why is it not flashing about everywhere it's because kids are going to watch it they're not going out with their cameras trying to see mm. it for themselves they're there going i want to see if it's real i want to see what happens and some of it can be quite entertaining and good but obviously a lot of it they've got a lot of kids that are kind of you know yeah no it's not real i'm just going to prove to everyone on the do internet they really care though whether they whether they see anything and want to actually prove it because they passionately want it to be real or do they just passionately want to be famous on the internet um i think it's a bit of both it depends upon who you're really watching i think a lot of them do generally want to see if they can prove they want to see it um, they want it to happen and they tend to put the camera on for company. You see, I've seen this on some of these TV shows where they are in a room and they're screaming, come on, come on, show where you are. And it's like, now you just look like a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, is that trying to disprove it or is that on the side of wanting they to want something to prove it? Because yeah, but you can't be down guarded doing a That's doing the a thing, they, they want to prove it because this is the best, <laughs> this is the whole platform and this is where it's going in the way that people are streaming to things like Twitch or they're streaming to YouTube Live doing these ghost things because that way people know that it's not being edited they're watching this stuff live and that's where people are going to watch this stuff now they don't want to watch on tv because all you've got is a lot of really good editing people making noise in the background but watching things live on things like twitch youtube and all these new platforms mm. people are there to watch it because they want to see if something really happens in that way yes i think they are trying to prove and they're there to kind of have that passion of i want to see if something happens but when it comes down to tv shows i think that's quick money I don't think that's a case of, I want to prove that this is real. I think it's a case of, oh, well, I want to kind of make the world believe it's real and then have money for myself. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I think I do actually feel a little bit sorry for Derek Cora because like, from someone that does like the mediumship, I can tell you that sometimes it comes thick and fast and then it doesn't for ages. And like, for him to be employed on a programme and expect to be a performing monkey for all you know for, for want of a better phrase like you know you know I don't know how they're filmed they're probably sort of like two a week or something like that that he's expected to be able to kind of tune into the information that you can't blame him if he's having sort of like a crap week and he'll sort of like you know if he does overhear someone say that that you I know bet he doesn't feel too bad when he looks at his bank account <laughs> well well no but I'm, I'm saying that sort of like you know because I because I know that he was doing one where they deliberately 
said information to test whether or not he was lying and um, it was the one that he was caught out which is why yeah, he stopped working with that. Most Haunted yeah. but you know there's to say that that's actually who he is as a person I think that's a bit you know it's a bit unfair like you know I, I think most people would be sort of like well okay maybe I will filter it but yeah I, th I think going for the live ones yeah it is like you know you can sort of like you could potentially do something all night and not get any results or you can yeah. sort of like have have one event I've where it's thick and fast you where, I've watched a few where like things are happening as going and you're sat there for a couple hours and nothing happens and then things do happen and you're like you know what I, they can't they can't fake this. this this is happening the reaction is very genuine to the situation or you can watch them at live that absolutely nothing happens and you wonder what you spent your night doing but at least you save some money by not going to the pub that's like what you said you've gone to a recording and nothing's happened no but that was again it was most haunted which like we mentioned a lot of that was exposed as to to how that program was done but then like you would think they would find something most episodes because i think they probably have from time to time i know i remember them being in london at one of the i can't remember the name of the theater but apparently it's quite well known to be haunted there was this one scene where you could actually tell they had genuine fear where they did see something like think, from their reaction like there was no way that you could fake that you that. could fake it and i think in the earlier days perhaps with the the point of the program was a lot more genuine than it was towards the end when it became just a money spinner yeah i agree and that's that, that's the well. problem with with charging for stuff like that or where you earn money on the back of something like like most haunted is that you you want more and more so you up the ante to give people more but to do that you might not do it the most genuine way of course they had to fake it though because they couldn't have an entire series of people just standing around in empty buildings waiting for something to happen well that was the problem so in in the beginning it might have been like really good really effective they might have come across stuff and then the more they did it the less they were getting so they had to imp improvise i suppose it turned into entertainment from fact. They did this which is about at the beginning, though, saying yeah. it was an entertainment yeah. show. Yeah. 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 Entertainment purposes only, purposes isn't it? Only. Yeah. The reality shows so staged. I think that the worst one with Most Haunted was when they tried to invoke something live using the Malleus Maleficarum. I can never say that word. The witch's hammer. And it's like, <laughs> the witch is already dead. You're, she's not going to be worried about the book anymore, really. Because, like, she's not here. But. I think opposite. Which, which one was that? Whereabouts in the country was it? I can't remember. It was in... I think it was a cathedral. Paul, do you remember? Was it a cathedral? No, it was, it was some, some cathedral and... and um, Oh, what's her name now? The main woman is stood there. Yvette Fielding. Yvette Fielding with a pentagram <laughs> on the floor doing a full invocation and she, part of the invocation was something like, you know, we have the witch's hammer, we will threaten you with it. And I'm like, it's a dead witch. The point of the witch's hammer was to identify a witch in order to kill them. So if you're threatening a dead witch with the witch's hammer, that's not going to make a difference. She's going to be mocking you from the corner. She's going to be just laughing at you because not going to work. Isn't that also a horrible thing, though, where if you're going into the room media and they come to you, fair enough, but then to go into rooms and, like, try to force people out, that's kind of like, if you believe or not or whatever, but it's disrespectful. Yeah, I didn't agree with anything that. Anything there they being forced to do they something. They started to encourage that a lot with the older series I found with Most Haunted, that it was almost like, yeah, they were kind of go them as a, for a reaction and I just yeah I do agree that I do think that's quite unfair really you don't want someone you know you don't oh you know you horrible person like you you know this that and the other like you know using expletives to try and get a reaction and then and the sure if ghosts are real and they could communicate in whatever way then they do it when they wanted not you know, exactly exactly and then the number of sort of malevolent 
<laughs> evil spirits that the, they tried I can't speak <laughs> malevolent <laughs> spirits that they then tried to sort of communicate with it's just not anybody who is a medium or does things like that knows that you just wouldn't try yeah. to in, to do that at all makes a mockery of it really you know oh we should say as well we don't have our resident ghost hunter here with us no. um, Faith oh, is uh, unable to join us today she's at work and it's a shame because I know she would have loved doing this episode because she does go on ghost hunts and you know proper you know, I think this was going, really was it, meant but. to be what her last one with us. Yeah. Apart from like just popping down and and if all the dates matched and times matched, she would come back. So it um, is our um, it's our one year anniversary episode that we put our first one out yeah. at Halloween. So we really needed to be able to record so we can get this one out on Halloween and hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, at, um, that's trying to that's trying yeah. trying to plan recording <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Where shall we go from here? Why have we not touched upon ghost voice? Lots of stuff. Well, I was going to say poltergeist. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll take a break then. And, um, you want to discuss? Boy, that they mean cigarettes. Um, poltergeist and the crew. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Inky Needles Tattoo Studio in Northfield. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be back. Is it recording? Oh. Mm. Hello. That was a Carry on. It's a dead puppy from the first one. It is. Crying out. That wasn't the soundboard. That was me. <laughs> Just yawning. Just stay. Just yawning, yeah. It's a spooky Halloween yawn. <laughs> Shall we go on to uh, Ghosty Animals? Ghost yeah, speaking work. of ghosty animals. Yeah. Ghosty um, animals. Have you even read the book that you've got at home? I've read most of the book that I've got at home. Okay. I've, I'm really interested in um, Edo period Japanese ghost stories. They used to play a game, I don't know if it's called Caden Kai or just Caden, or, or if that's something, I, you know, I don't actually know exactly, you know, what the words are for what things, but there is, um, they used to play a game. They had a hundred candles and a hundred ghost stories and they'd go around the different towns and villages and everyone would tell ghost stories and people would collect ghost stories from playing the game and then go to other towns and tell those stories and it would pass around. It was a very popular game. There's a, a lot of animal-based ghost stories. A book... This Because I'm tattooing, I can't get any of my references up to tell you the names of it's people. Fun. There's a brilliant yeah. website which I follow. We'll put the links to it. The guy uh, translates Japanese ghost stories. And he's written some books that are absolutely brilliant. I've mentioned him in previous episodes. And um, I've managed to get my hands on a book which was out of print for ages. And I, was, I really wanted it and I managed to get it recently, which is about uh, Nekamata and um, Japanese animal kind of based ghosts. And a lot of them are cat based ghosts, um, which tends to be more um, like a, a domestic. Like in, in Japan, a lot of cats will have the tails docked because they believe that once your cat gets to a certain age, its tail splits into two and then it becomes a demon. Um, so, oh, like a, like a ghost demon sort of thing. So, yeah, um, a lot of, if you look at the artwork of the period, a lot of cats that are in it have no tail because they were trying to stop them from becoming demons. And there are some absolutely fascinating, brilliant stories, obviously not just based around animals. So I would highly recommend that you all have a look at the website and buy the books because they, they are just amazing. Without, you know, without the, the, my resources in front of me while I'm working, I can't actually remember any of it. So um can't actually really be much help. <laughs> you know, but it's it's fascinating that um, it's cautionary tales uh, more than... I think we mentioned it before that there, was some, there, there were ghosts that stole your eyes or something or... 
uh, there's, there's a, there's a female ghost that ghosts. put weight on you or some crazy stuff yeah. like that. There's ghosts that are like know. upside down ladies' heads with, with the walk on their hair. And you know, there's another guy with a similar website who also translates Japanese stories. And he's doing, at the moment, he's doing um, something a day, whatever the Japanese word for the stories are, a day. But this time, instead of being individual stories, they're story, parts of story that happened to this young guy and his uncle or his cousin, I can't remember exactly went to um, stay at this supposedly really haunted rock where up in the mountains where you could like summon up ghosts and stuff like that to, to prove who was more brave and they spent the night there and nothing happened and then they go home and this young guy gets all these hauntings and so each story mm -hmm. each day so far has been these weird things happening to him and some of them are quite scary um, like he you know finds a great big head in his shed and he you know, gets all like the, the ladies that are upside down walking on the hair and all that sort of thing but then there's other things that are really just peculiar like he, one not one day wakes up and his entire house is covered in glue <laughs> and like these ghosts are just like, i mean it hasn't got to the end of the stories yet so i don't know why every single day he's having these weird ghost experiences but yeah i thought i don't know why i have such fascination with japanese ghost stories i just think that they're a bit more interesting culturally than ours but a lot of different cultures have, I mean, all cultures, human life around the world has a ghost story history. If you look at like American Indians, they would take peyote and stuff to summon spirits and talk with the spirits of, of their ancestors. And like a lot of them were animal spirits as well, weren't a they? A lot of that was lot animal spirits. I mean, also spirit. ancestors, but yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of animal spirits there. So yeah, um, it's one of those things that, People have always needed to explain things, so they've all. There's always been stories of things that that aren't on the you know earthly plane or whatever, um, in all forms of culture around the world. So I am obviously you know like I say working at the moment. I am can't get access it to look at it, but there is a hell of a lot of history to it. Anyone else had any like ghostly animal things? We had a ghost cat, which ghost we have. Cat. We have got. Like it should be a t children's cartoon we have got Go cats <laughs> i will mention we have got cats but when the cats were out we would see uh, we had an open staircase and we would see or feel the presence of a cat sat on the step literally right behind where i was sat and the cats were all outside and it would run literally just run straight past you as Love if going for the door and none of the cats would be in the house that was our old house we don't have a ghost cat at the new house ghost cat if i had a ghost i'd want a ghost cat or a ghost. You could have one, just a cat just sleeping in the corner and you don't know that's there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no idea. That's how you end up with cats, isn't it? They just start. Yeah, they like, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just haunt you. Because <laughs> often things will just be swiped off the table for no reason. Like, oh, <laughs> that does explain cat. every single poltergeist. Like like <laughs> they're not poltergeist, they are ghost cats. Ghost cats. cats. Oh. So nothing else, Laura's? No, not ghost cats. I've got experiences evolving pets, obviously being more sensitive around ghosts but not necessarily ghosts or spiritual animals but that was mainly like when I was really little um I just remember I was being babysat by my nan and my uncle had passed away within that property the, his cat uh, never left that room after my uncle passed away but I remember I was like my nan and I went to his side of the property he had his own staircase to where his apartment kind of booming was and I remember sitting in a box on the stairs and I was really really crying and then suddenly I, I heard this really, like someone really heavy footed was walking down the steps behind me. And then his cat just sat next to me and all I could smell was my uncle. And I felt like someone was holding me. 
and that cat never left that room and that cat would have not made such like it sounded like a human walking down the steps that's how heavy footing it was because he never left my uncle's side like i i knew it was him i could tell by his smell and all that kind of stuff but that's only kind of in terms of cats and pets being related to spirits and stuff that's the only thing i've got really nothing in terms of like actual ghost kitties. If I had a ghost kitty, I'd tell you because I'd be very excited about it. <laughs> Telling everybody, I have a ghost kitty. <laughs> ghost kitty. I mean, cats are to be more sensitive to. I know, like a lot of mediums have them. Like um, the woman I knew about, um, her cat used to go and sit next to people before readings and stuff. And, oh, so she'd use them to help her channel. Yeah, yeah. And, That's um, quite interesting. My, my cat will stare at random things around the house. Um, he did it the other day, he was looking at me and then he was just looking over my shoulder and I was thinking, cow, there are ghosts behind me. And I thought, or a spider, God, let it be a ghost, God, let it be a ghost, let it be a ghost. I looked round and it was a bloody great spider, but he ate it for me, so, you know, he's obviously my, my protector. One of the things who mentioned the poltergeist um, before the break, you oh, wanted um, to touch on that a little bit, because this is kind of in a category of its own, of ghosts. Mm. Yeah, um, it was the Poltergeist film. It was still with the fact that the cast died. I mean, obviously, I don't know as much depth, but I know that the little girl who made, played the main character um, passed away, quite a few of the cast members. And obviously, everyone was very spooked by it all because how soon it was after the filming um, and the fact that all the deaths seemed very strange and mysterious and stuff. But a lot of people used to say that it was because, obviously, in the film, it's meant to be she's meant to be the passing between the world and the real world. And a lot of people thought that she died because of how she'd been projected within films to be able to do that. But it was very, very creepy. And there's, like, there's quite a few films that have been obviously on the horror side or ghost or spiritual side that have quite a few strange things have happened to cast members, especially if they're touching upon true stories or, you know, true stories. But yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. I don't know if anyone else here knows more about the cast members and stuff alongside the first guy. Um, the eldest daughter was murdered by a boyfriend and the youngest one uh, died of something to do with like a, a kidneys or something like that and apparently they're both buried in the same cemetery in America. I know um, with the Exorcist film, the uh, staircase was meant to be like a haunted site. Um, in the film the priest falls down him and I think he dies. It's just known that people go to the site and they see stuff and feel stuff there. But again that's kind of like because the film touched on yeah. a certain area. Um, that's the thing. I mean, like staircases, quite often are haunted because they're supposed to sort of like represent the levels. Like that's what sort of like drags. It's a liminal space as well, isn't exactly. it? So it's a between space. Like probably see more, more stuff around that area. Completely. But I mean, if it, if because I've not seen the um, that particular film, but I'm sure that it's quite an iconic. I mean, don't look at me like that. I'm getting death stared here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure that it's quite an iconic staircase that's in the film as well. So it's easily identifiable to people that go and visit that particular property that was used. And um, so I'm sure that if it was just, you know, just like a random room in the house, it might not have the same effect as such, like a bit of a hallway that isn't identifiable. Don't mm. know if people would still say. With, with staircases and ghosts, because even like I, when I was a kid, my house was built years and years ago, like when I was 18 and something and it's a big old stone house and the guy that built it was apparently called Joe James and he apparently died there and haunted the house. I was told as a kid, Joe James, oh, got this ghost story and everything. <laughs> and although I didn't believe it and wasn't really scared, I used to feel like I couldn't walk down the stairs, I used to run down the stairs because I felt like something was touching my back. But um, I can do it, walk up and down the stairs there now, but I think the thing with stairwells is that there's only 
you can only go back or forward. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, an enclosing and sort of ominous space. So it would make you feel like there's more something freaky happening there than a room where you can move away or you can go out of a door. Yeah, right. It's um, a spooky corridor. That film, Two Men and a Baby, is it? Three Men. Three Men and a Baby? That was meant to have a ghost in it. As <laughs> <laughs> legend goes. But it was, <laughs> it was a cardboard cutout, wasn't it? It was debunked, wasn't it? It was debunked. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where we were going, going with that. that. <laughs> Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby, yeah. That was, no, for when I was growing up, it was such a famous, like, oh, there's a ghost in the back of the of a scene <laughs> yeah it was debunked almost as good as the coffee cup in Game of Thrones oh <laughs> ghostly coffee cup which I never noticed by the way but it's no, there I didn't do you know any Paul no no <laughs> he's staying quiet no. um there's quite uh, I was just looking at um things that have happened during films that and um, basically there's two major paranormal events that hit the set of Annabelle um, oh, first, so during the pre-production, director John R. Leonetti reported seeing and taking a picture of three fingers drawn through the dust along the window backlit by the moon. Notably, the demon of Annabelle has three fingers slash talons. Naturally, it spooked the director. Um, second, the producer Peter Safran can attest that while mysterious markings may be easily to dismiss, and unexplainable events mirror horror of the film being made are harder to write off. He recounted the following to the Hollywood Reporter. We shot in this amazing old apartment building near Koreatown and we had some funky stuff go down. In particular, the first day that the demon was shooting in full makeup. We brought the demon up on the elevator. He walks out and walks around the green room to where we are holding the talent. And just as he walks under, a giant glass light fixture is being followed by the actor playing the handyman of the building. And all of a sudden, the entire glass light fixture falls down on his head and the janitor's head. And in the scripts, the demon kills the janitor in that hallway. Hmm, creepy. <laughs> yeah, there's a, apparently part of the film inexplicably destroyed footage of the omen. Let's try and find it. After spending an entire day of shooting the infamous birthmark scene for the 2006 remake, director John Moore claims nearly all of the recruiting footage was inexplicably lost. An accident in the processing lab destroyed 13,500 feet of the film and unheard of loss of most film sets that Moore says that had baffled lab techniques in tears. Hmm. A lot of people after some horror films like, say they experience stuff as well um, with the exorcist and the poltergeist people would go home and say they've seen stuff and experienced mm. stuff after the films I mean it could just be good marketing or yeah, getting, getting it into people's films, heads it's kind of like yeah. oh look what know, they did with the Blair Witch Project stuff, like all of that the marketing all of that beforehand that was, so was it was amazing at the time was so clever that they found these lost tapes and then these kids the website was like it was real was, yeah. yeah and every and as soon as the movie came out it was like oh it was just all of it was mar and it was amazing it was amazing marketing ploy and it couldn't you couldn't do it again because people would catch on too quickly they would catch on too quickly what about yeah. all the uh, business with the egypt egypt egyptology in the 1920s where they opened a lot of tombs and stuff and then a lot of people got ill didn't they the curses because of uh, the spirits, apparently. I don't know much about Egypt, so somebody that knows no. more about it um, needs to intervene. There was a, a lot around the Tutankhamun 
Discovery, I think, and John John Carter, if I'm getting my names right, um, his some of his crew passed away with awful diseases or accidents, and there was multiple. The curse of two. Oh, really Carmen. soon after it happened as well. Oh, wasn't it? The, yeah. um, I, I think that um, that everyone kind of pushed it as that, but it was over the space of like an eighteen-year period. Yeah, so it was yeah, actually right. averagely, um, it would have been the amount that would have probably died potentially anyway. Potentially yeah, anyway, exactly. Because yeah. there, there was meant to be a mummy, like, and every time it got sold and moved about, something happened to the boat yeah. it was on, or like the, the owners of it and stuff. But again, like, it could just be that average of like ships at that time yeah would mm. sink and stuff because this is the thing that we've got to remember as well that at the time that that was opened in an area of the world you know that you know the the amount of like airborne diseases I'm, I'm sure like things like malaria could have been quite prevalent obviously like you know up until sort of i think like 20 20 30 years ago you knew not to drink tap water abroad as well because mm. it wasn't necessarily the cleanest in certain countries and um you know a number of things could have resulted in them getting sick as well but then yeah. that's, that's how a lot of witchcraft type of ideas started was because people would get ill and it's like oh it's you know it's miss mary down the road some old poor crone in top of a hill was put a curse on the family well, and it wasn't necessarily because of that but, but i mean i suppose there's ghost stories healers, weren't they? so when people yeah. were sick they went to them and then people go well they went to the witch no wonder they're sick yeah but then i suppose like the same thing can happen with ghosts where when things have been lost or moved or stuff like that i mean it always it's everybody's thing it's just like you you lose something in your house and you're like it's the ghost the where's ghost it has gone moved it. where's <laughs> it gone ghost has moved it. just put it down it's a ghost it's i think everyone definitely has a sock monster no one else done that i went through a phase of putting like poppers on my on socks, socks to keep them together yeah wow that's so <laughs> organized isn't that's, it that's i was gonna say terrible. genius then i was like yes it no okay Super nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) Has anyone been to like um, any of the the local Birmingham things? I mean, like the jewelry quarter is probably one of the oldest parts in Birmingham, and they've got a fantastic cemetery down there. And I know you shouldn't go after dark because it's such a horrible area. But well, I I used to work in the jewelry quarter in Hockley, and um, it wasn't an area. I know that it's it's got some beautiful buildings. I mean, it's a beautiful part of Birmingham for those of you that haven't been. Um, it's gorgeous sort of like old sort of like listed buildings and uh, I think that the graveyard is grade 2 listed as well I know that the uh, local council have really cleared it because I remember it growing up and it was quite dodgy but um, now it's like it is a nice walk during the day like obviously don't go in the dark or anything like that don't be silly but the I've not personally seen anything around there um, I mean when I was working there I used to work in a bar up there and um, I'd quite often catch kind of like the local ghost walks going around and um, where people are sort of like looking out but i think it's just kind of because it's such a beautiful atmospheric area as well that it's just you know it's known i suppose for that um i don't know no i've not personally as i say seen anything myself um in that area mm. digbeth is uh but and digbeth probably the most sort of haunted bits on there birmingham well i don't know there's probably tons to be fair but uh, i mean there's a lot of hangings and stuff wasn't there back in the day so there's a pub in digbeth that I think was built around 1300 and something. Oh, the Old Crown. Crown. Hmm. Uh, one of the oldest pubs in the country, as far as I know. And they, before the current owners, I went in there a good years ago now, God, probably about 10 years ago, and they used to have a guest book, um, and they'd get people to write in, you know, whatever they wanted. But the, a lot of people would write in if they had any spooky experiences, 
I don't know if the current owners have still got this book, but there was loads and loads of comments in there about people feeling like something was taking the blankets off from the foot end of the bed <laughs> and like just creepy weird stuff that like, obviously if you're in a pub and you're staying there in the, in the B&B, you're likely to be probably inebriated and, <laughs> and, you know, and all hopped up on the exciting ghost stories. So you're more likely probably to experience something like that. But it was an interesting read. I think what the, um, one of the jewellery quarter pubs have got an old wall, hasn't it? And it's kind of got like these metal, I don't know if that's to dig before jewellery quarter, yeah, but there's a the wall. Old, the old crown has Is got that a well, like the wall. Is that the old, like the It's got like this big so metal so crossover it and or something like that. Yeah, but it's meant to be like quite a yeah. spooky I think there's area, um, it. supposed to be a ghost that's a woman that's crying because her child fell down the well. Oh. We'll have to have a drinking session there. It's got a lot of ghosts. That pub's supposed to have like quite a lot. There's, um, I think there's a lot of... A guy in the, in the cellar and yeah. There's a lot of haunted pubs around anyway. There's the station in Dudley that's haunted. You've got the Trocadero as well in Birmingham City Centre. That's Temple Street, isn't it? Talbot in Starbridge is haunted as well. Old Joinstock as well in Birmingham City Centre, which is by the, for those of you from Birmingham, Pigeon Park. So that one. What is the real name of Pigeon Park? St. Phillips. Is it St. Phillips? St. Pigeon. Yeah. St. Pigeon. St. Pigeon Park. Okay. Um, <laughs> Pigeon's called Philip. <laughs> the pub that's just actually off St. Paul's Square. The, um, oh, what's it called? I used to drink in there all the time when I was working. Actress and Bishop. Actress and Bishop. That's the site of the last hanging in Birmingham as well. But I've not um, heard anything from the barmaids, bartenders that tend there. Like, they've not said anything to me about anything happening. I wonder if there's a reason why there are so many haunted pubs. Because they're, they're usually really Because they're building. full yeah. of spirits! Yeah. <laughs> that was rehearsed. There was one in London called, uh, it's called Water Rats, near, just down the road from Euston. That's reportedly haunted, um, which the toilets are downstairs from, from the bar. And yeah, I went down to the loose, came back up, and I'm pretty sure I was being followed by something I couldn't see. Is it a weather station? I'm pretty sure that you went into 17th century Britain and it was just like you time hopped. Yeah, it was a bit scary. um, A lot of, um, I mean, Britain's like this crazy old place anyway, compared to places like America and Canada. We've got like a lot of cottages and, and a lot of like old houses attached to churches and stuff like that and I mean a lot of the stuff I was reading about is all connected to like the old churches of I mean a lot of them are connected to churches and and murders and Mm. pubs and but that's all what kind of Britain was (laughs) our whole culture is the an interesting one that I had actually was um, I went to Warwick Castle when I was in year seven when I was um, at school and so I, I was like 11 12 and I remember going to the tower where Sir Volk Greville um, was murdered by his servant and it was everything that I felt was in a TV show actually like you know years later that I watched and I remember sort of like feeling really uneasy there feeling like there was somebody specifically in a certain part of the room like everything that I remember experiencing was exactly what this medium was picking up in the show um, to the point that it actually made me quite nervous like you know when you started like feeling like you're your heart's in your throat and you know you start you just think well, this is this is crazy that like I've not really sort of spoken about this and there's no way that you know sort of like a famous medium would be you know knowing you know would know what I've been through and I thought that was really fascinating and interesting that, um, from that. 
I did, I did Warwick Castle um, when I was younger. Is it is that, is that the fir- one of the first towers that they walk you up? It's the one that's by the Mutton Bailey, so that really beautiful, um, that when you walk through the main sort Big, of like gateway where they used to pour like molten um, things through the holes at the top, um, it's the one that you see from the other side. Yeah, so. I remember going up there and I remember feeling really, really uneasy. Like my stomach was literally like in my chest kind of uneasy and I remember doing that because I, I went there with my I remember going with school and I, do, I was a bit hazy you know you're just walking around potting about just not listening to anyone but I remember going with my nan and I remember like all my brothers like all just like playing with whatever they had because back then you used to be able to get like Robin Hood like things and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh you still can. But I remember going up, and I just remember, like, I just remember feeling so, like, so uneasy. Like my stomach was literally like in my chest, kind of feeling like I was like, no, this this doesn't. I don't like it. That it doesn't feel right. I I just didn't want to be there. Yeah, it's it's not like the rest of the castle at all. No, everything else it feels open, but there you kind of almost feel like everything's pushing in, and it just it doesn't. It's such a strange feeling. I mean, if anyone else had that experience, then please contact the podcasters because it'd be very interesting to see if. Anyone else has had that People happen to will. Um, But it, it just, it's a very strange feeling. And I was very young at the time. And it's just, my nan and everyone else was fine. But I, I just... But that's the thing, because I remember saying to my mates, like, you know, did you, did well, did you feel anything ghosty up there? That's all I said. And they were like, oh, no, we were fine. And I was like, what? Like, you know, yeah. how could you not? And, like, it's not even, like, it's dressed to sort of, like, suggest either, because it's done, like, a lot of the other parts of the castle where, like, I know that... Obviously, the the state rooms are uh, sort of like done Victorian because that's what you know that that's that's when the last sort of like main part of the it was still like you know a home at that point as opposed to like being passed over to like English heritage or Madame Tussauds or whoever owns it. But there's still medieval sections, so I don't think it's even that they've made it look like Tamworth Castle, for instance, where it's quite dark and oppressive. It's just it looks yeah. like just a bedchamber. Like there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't anything in there to give you that idea. No, but it just, it just didn't feel right. No, I anywhere else you go. I feeling uneasy in Warwick Castle when I was in the dungeon, because that there's all this graffiti where people have written like really, like quite large and really deeply engraved, like yeah. I, I've been to um, poetry and stuff. When I went to Budapest, there's um, poetry, something know. known as like the Vampire Caves, where you know it was meant to have used as a prison, and that that was done out all spooky and that like, and it's. Like it's it's nothing. It's just mm. it's it's just a cave. I mean, like you've got um, Aston Hall, that's meant to be um, mm. haunted. I mean, but that's <laughs> the last lot of owners like are the Victorians, and then it's just been left as it was. You want to believe, so you're gonna believe. Do that thing with no, well, this, this is what's really you, weird. Nothing like, necessarily said to make you like. It's just no one. It's not dressed to make you funny feel uneasy. Well, this this is the thing with me as well that I started doing all the medium stuff just purely because I'm a girl of science. Like you know, I'm well into my physics. Like you know, and and all of that. It's like I wanted to almost dispel it, and it. I kind of came up with way more questions than there were answers. <laughs> so, you know, the more and the more that I'm finding out about the spiritualism it's actually tying up with science like it's really strange like it's actually coming back to being full circle but there's that thing of if multiple people have the same experience in different places because a lot of the, the big famous ghost reported places is because multiple people had mm. experiences there so it makes it even harder to sort of dispel it and as you say that there's got to be something somewhere there is a scientific explanation for what people are ex- experiencing ghosts Ghosts. <laughs> Ghosts are real. I wonder how much lighter I am now. <laughs> Do you know 21 what? grams. Like, have we got scales here just to weigh? Because if it's 21 grams, like, <laughs> you know, your no life forces, it's in a packet of fucking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> My life forces in a packet of cigarettes. 
Fucking cigarette. <laughs> How depressed she is. Oh, my voice is a packet of death. Ah, amazing. <laughs> I actually did that by accident. <laughs> <clears throat> I think we can start wrapping up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there's probably, we could probably talk about it. Right Poltergeist. All the stuff's just all knocking off the shelves now. Like, oh, Cat a ghost. Point by my Cat mum's ghost. house that had bad poltergeists to the point where people would, it would go, it'd be on the market. You know the house I mean, don't you? On the bench. Yeah. Your house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone <laughs> I knew was fucking terrified that house. Look at the house. Yeah, that house had um, a load of story. I remember um, whoever it was and he had things like his, his watch was scratching her and when they were in bed, so he took it off, put it on the side, and they woke up in the morning and it was downstairs broken mm. and things like that. Yeah. They, they at the time, can, but, but they, obviously they were really into those kind of stories. But that house was always, wasn't it, like every six months yeah. to a year, it was on the market again. Yeah. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. Tattoos all wrapped up. That is done. I've got things to do. Let's get this It's a Halloween party weekend, so everybody can uh, go out and get drunk. Thank you, Laura. Hi. Thank you, Laura. One. You're welcome. All the way round, but we'll forgive you. Damn it. <laughs> I thought I had it then. It's a podcast no one could see. <laughs> see She's pointing at. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for being here. And thanks for staying over. Ghost <laughs> experts as well. I know. It was a good episode. And thanks for putting up for mm. us with this recording while I'm working. We yeah. are very busy people. <laughs> no, it's all my fault. Sorry. <laughs> also, what I wanted to say is um, we are collecting like ghost stories, true life ghost stories, weirdness, weird... <laughs> Send them in. Yeah, send Any them stories, in. yeah. It doesn't have to be ghost stories. Like, you've got a UFO, just weird a UFO story or something you, you just can't abducted by aliens. Or, yeah. Did they bring you back? Weird experiences. Yeah. You're still there. If you've been told, <laughs> we want to know. We want to know. <laughs> just um, record it on the recording app on your phone and then send, send it into either Messenger on Facebook or, or the even, website. Does the page have a Messenger? So they could literally yeah, yeah, just record yeah. it via yeah. Messenger yep. on, yep. The, on the Weird Neary page. Yeah, and we'll edit it out and work. Or type it. Together. It doesn't have to be vocal. And we'll yeah, read it. If you don't it. want your voice, we, we can play you. Yeah? <laughs> we'll play your voice if you want. Or if you prefer, we can uh, read out your stories and we'll react to your fabulous tales of strangeness. Stay spooky and last word to death. <laughs> 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 Bye.